Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I'm your host Amelia Edwards and with me as always is my co-host Barnaby King. Well howdy there. Howdy. Howdy. And happy LGBTQ History Month. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I forget about that just because it's February and it kind of feels like other than my sister's birthday, nothing really happens in February. Well, you know what does? Uh, well, I do now. LGBTQ <laughs> History Month. Yes. Okay, so I assume I assume you have something something queer to talk to us about. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yes, I do. Cool. And right. Okay. Today, my source material comes from, or, or my awareness of the story. Your inspiration. My inspiration comes from the stupidest thing that I think I've been inspired by so far. Okay. Okay. So, so as you know, previously, I've got it from such stupid places as are unexpected. But this one is even stupider, I think. Um... Basically, I started playing a princess dress-up game on my phone. What? Um, Okay, so uh, there was an advert for it, which I was enthralled by. Right. Where you are some kind of skinny young thing, Mm -hmm. and you're told you're going to go to the prince's ball, and you've got an option of two dresses, one of which is clearly a chandelier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you wear the chandelier, obviously. Yeah. And then the prince, who is, like, super hot, um, goes, I am ashamed for you. <laughs> and then there's, like, a little rubber stamp thing that goes scandalous over the top. Wow. And I thought, that's hilarious. Yeah. So-, so is this, like, one of these games that gets advertised after you finish a Duolingo lesson? And yes. And it's like, it's like that, like, episodes or something, I think it's called, yeah. where it's, like, the woman sees her boyfriend is cheating. It's like, oh, my God, my boyfriend is cheating. Your options are, one, confront them to join, join in, in yeah. question mark yeah and it's, it's like that. oh god it's literally that and i was like this looks like hot trash yeah it sounds like it so i went <laughs> but you know i loved the fact that they were like that's scandalous you can't wear that yeah i thought that was funny so i downloaded it yeah expecting it to be hot garbage <laughs> and the first game you can play is a dress-up game as marie antoinette's ah okay right so i thought okay I mean that to be honest. If they're if they're gonna try and root it in history, Marie Antoinette makes sense to me. That's sure. Yeah, she dressed up a lot. Yeah. Um, this is about redeeming the life of Marie Antoinette and allowing her to save the royal family of France. Oh damn! Through different choices and options. Through different dresses. Not really. Like the dresses is just like something you have to have for everything else to work. Right. Okay. So, for instance, I managed to save the royal family by encouraging the aristocracy of France to pay taxes. <laughs> what is this game? It's called Time Princess. <laughs> this is a dress-up game. <laughs> it's a dress-up game. You have to dress properly for everything to be received, right? Um so for whatever reason as well this is super well researched they've got like a little um a little glossary at the end that tells you all of the meanings of different words oh that's so cool. they're like these are the three estates this is oh, how wow. france was run oh wow so they're doing deep dives this isn't just like so this is what a republic is no it's like... no they assume you know what a republic is wow okay they go okay this is the issue with the french monarchy um <laughs> this is the parliament that they could hold whenever and it was supposed to meet up the three estates this is 
this particular nobleman and this is their part in the war in America. Like This sounds insane. It's mad. Now, it has been criticised by players of the game for not being wholly historically accurate. I'm... I'd, I'd be shocked that there's any historical <laughs> accuracy. Right? I was expecting playing Marie Antoinette being like, just loads of dressing up in yeah. fancy clothes and being like, oh, Marie, we all think you're so wonderful. But no, it's a lot of like... Oh, that dress is gorgeous. We won't revolt after all. It's all it's all about sort of the loneliness of being in that position <laughs> and, and the issue of her being actually from Austria and the fact that French people didn't like her Austrian right, roots. Right, yeah. Okay, I I think that if you're complaining that your (laughs) time princess dress-up game is not wholly historically accurate, I think you might need to get some bigger problems. (laughs) Probably. I mean, I will tell you the one thing that's probably not accurate at all, and that's the introduction of the character I'm going to talk about today. Oh, okay. Who's called the Chevalier d'Eon. Oh, okay. The Knight of On. Aeon. The Knight of Aeon. Yes, basically, 100%. The Knight of Aeon, the energy service. So I think that the person who made the game just really likes this person and thinks they're interesting. Right. And they're they're completely right. This is a really interesting person. Yeah. But they were actually around in France during the reign of Louis XV rather than the 16th. Right. So like they've they've changed some times around basically to include this character and make them really cool. I mean, to be honest, I think that's fine. I think so. Would you like to hear the full name of the Chevalier Deon? Okay, go on. It is Charles Jean-Vievre Louis-Auguste André Timothy Deon de Beaumont. Okay. Or right. Charlotte Genevieve Louise Augusta Andrea Timothea Deon de Beaumont. Ah, okay. So my keen ear for languages mm-hmm. detects that the first is a, uh, well, I was going to say typical, but not typical, but you know, it's a, it's a male name. It's a male name. It's all the male names. All the male names together. And the second is all the female names together. Mm-hmm. Are we looking at a trans person? I don't know. Because they only existed from the 90s or something. Maybe like late eighties at best, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, God, they've just been made <laughs> up by social media. God, it's quite hard. Sorry, I really hate how they. <laughs> no, they I, I get what you yeah. mean. And then there's the idea that like thinking about people's pronouns is so mm-hmm. difficult. Oh, it's so difficult. It's so hard. Oh, so hard. Because you know, the moment you get it wrong, you are executed by the woke mob. Yeah. Yeah. Literally me with an axe. To yeah, be exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the case that you just sort of go, sorry, use the different pronoun. No, no, no. Instant instant execution. No, absolutely. They've got one of those like chips in yeah. you, um, like in Suicide Squad. <gasps> That's what the vaccine is. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> we should be really careful considering the stuff about Spotify recently about what we say about the vaccine. Why? What's what have I done? Let's not talk about it on here. Okay, fine. Um <laughs> Okay, so the thing is, I don't know what Deon counts as. Okay. I think queer is probably a a good way to talk about them. Yeah, I mean, when we're looking at history, we have to bear in mind that, you know, people didn't think in the terms that we use today. So Mm. it's hard to sort of definitively say, 
or even sort of vaguely say that such and such person is it's it's a bit like um trying to diagnose someone yeah like trying to figure out someone's gender identity or sexual identity it's can tricky be, yeah and i mean in this case it's particularly tricky for reasons that will become apparent later on okay um but effectively dayon lived the first 49 years of their life as a man Oh, wow, that's a long time. And then lived as a woman from 1777 until their death in 1810. Oh, wow. So pretty long times for both living as a woman and as a man. Yeah, that's... Okay, yeah, fair enough. And I'm not sure whether Dayon dressed as a woman because they were trans, Mm -hmm. or if it was because they enjoyed cross-dressing or if it was because of legal implications so we'll talk about this later (laughs) on Um, because otherwise the woke mob would come after them for not being trans um, (laughs) in this case it's because they wouldn't get money from the king of france but like well we've all been in that position of course yeah what i will say is that people just 100 percent accepted that dayon was a woman as soon as dayon started dressing as a woman but what about public bathrooms I don't think they had public bathrooms in the 1700s. I don't think it was an issue. I mean, to be fair, they don't really have public bathrooms today in France. Do they not? No, they're really... It was the thing that I always noticed. Like, the few times that I've been to France, Mm -hmm. very difficult to find a public loo. Oh. Yeah. And that's always a concern with my mother. (laughs) All right, sure. (laughs) She's very... Like, she she always wants to know where the loos are. (laughs) Amazing. Wild. Okay. So this is, um, I'll tell you Dayon's story because to be honest, they're a pretty cool person regardless of any gender identity stuff. So they were part of a poor noble family. So like a minor noble family without much money. Yeah. And when they were in their 20s, uh, Dayon joined the secret network of spies Ooh. called the Secret du Roi, meaning the King's Secret. Oh, juicy. Super juicy because Louis XV employed these spies without the government's knowledge. <gasps> Amazing. And he told them all his secrets. Um, what he told... Sorry, say again? He told them all his secrets, because they are the king's secrets. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Uh, No, this is... You know how we sometimes think the CIA are probably up to dodgy stuff that they're not letting us know about? Um, Well, I mean, we know that. We know that for certain. We found the bugs. Oh, yeah, that's true. The ones in the lamps, yeah. 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 Hi, Jim. (laughs) How you doing? How's the wife? (laughs) How's little Bobby? Is he has he solved that problem yet? Doing better in maths? Cool, cool. Well, can't wait to hear from you again, Jim. <laughs> um, Those coded letters are not very secure. <laughs> so, so yeah, he sometimes the secret uh it promoted policies that contradicted official policies and treaties oh nice right. so it's like secret agent stuff yeah proper 007 shit the stuff that's like cool when you look at it in history and then when it happens in modern day it's like oh no this is terrifying mm-hmm. yeah um now one of the stories that dayon told which is probably not actually true because a lot of dayon's memoirs are just dayon boasting right, wildly yeah. um, because they're really cool. Yeah. Um, 
One of their stories is that they got sent to Russia. Right. Which is true. They did get sent to Russia. Um, But (laughs) because the... They actually got sent to Ghana. (laughs) (laughs) But because the English and the French were at odds, the English attempted to deny the French access to Russia or to the Russian Empress by saying that only women and children could cross the border into Russia. Right. Why did the English have control of Russia's border? I don't know. This is true, though. <laughs> okay. But yeah, you. I, I think that the English and Russians were on the same side because we usually are, except for the Crimea. But usually... <laughs> <laughs> With a few notable exceptions. <laughs> Most of the time, we're kind of on the same side of Russia, except for during the Cold War. And now. And now. <laughs> but most of the time most of the time we're good chumps yeah okay um so don't tell america <laughs> <laughs> you've been seeing your ex <laughs> <laughs> look i got confused he's got an eagle you've got an eagle how am i supposed to know <laughs> um so Dayon claimed that as a result of this, they had to pass convincingly as a woman or risk being she's executed by the English upon discovery. So therefore, they dis- they travelled disguised as the Lady Leah de Beaumont and served as a maid of honour to the Empress. Now, this story is probably not true. Right. But it was a story that they told basically to show how dressing as a woman was beneficial to France. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dayon, however... Uh, definitely did go to Russia and was the secretary to the embassy, the French embassy in St. Petersburg for four years. Um, and then when he returned, uh, he got 2,000 livres per year for his service in Russia. Oh, damn. So they all must have done something yeah. interesting. But something secret and covert. Almost definitely, yeah. Only they and the king knew exactly what happened there. <laughs> And that was the king's secret. The secret du roi. Yes, he went to Russia to get their special borscht recipe. <laughs> <gasps> Not the borscht. No, and the, the population couldn't know about it because beetroots were illegal. They grow underground. Just they like potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> For reference to this, look back at our previous episode, When France Feared the Potato. <laughs> yeah, just do that anyway. Yeah, true. I thought it was reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable episode. L- listen back to our episodes. Give us five stars on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, so, then they also fought as part of the Seven Years' War. Oh, right, yeah. Which is pretty damn cool. Um, Dayon was a captain of the Dragoons. Right. And apparently did a reasonable, like, a pretty good job. Once again, got another pension of like a thousand livres which is not bad they're just racking up the pensions yeah i mean in the end um they were sent to london to draft the peace treaty to end the seven years war right um the treaty was signed and dayon was awarded a further six thousand livres (laughs) and received the order of saint louis which is when they became the chevalier Ah. and then louis the 15th came to dayon and was like please dayon I am so sorry, but we have to cancel some of the pensions. <laughs> if we give you even a year's worth of the pensions you have accrued, it would bankrupt France. I mean, it does seem like they were getting a reasonable amount, and then they kept doing more and more jobs for yeah. the king. Yeah. Um, and they all managed to get quite a lot of secret information on Ooh. everything that was going on. Sneaky. And I've just realized that this is... 
um, you know, apropos to our current situation. Right, yeah. Um, because basically, Dayon moved to London um, as part yeah. of the French embassy. And then there was this really big problem where basically the French ambassador mm-hmm. got switched over. Okay. And the one that came in was popular with Madame du Barry, who was the king's mistress. Right. And who hated Dayon and Dayon's faction. Right. So this guy starts absolutely ruining Dayon's life. He demoted him and he humiliated him. This was the Comte oh, de Guerchy. And so at one point, the king tried to recall Dayon back to France. Right. And Dayon said, absolutely not. I am not going to do that because you're not paying attention to my complaints about this man. It said Comte. I'm going to retire, take my massive pension and buy <laughs> Madagascar. Well, <laughs> he said that the new ambassador had tried to drug him. Oh, damn. At a dinner at the ambassador's residence, which, by the way, is in Soho Square. Very oh. smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very smart, all full of sex workers, depending on which area you are. <laughs> mm. um, so the French were like, you have got to come home. You can't stay in the embassy. And he was like, no, I like it here. Dion's like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Sits on a chair aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, Dion, we'll have to drag you out and no one wants to do that. It will be humiliating for everyone involved. <laughs> Dion's just there, just like, just try it, bitch. <laughs> um, so the French wrote to the British and were like, you've got to send him back. <laughs> sorry yeah it's like i'm just i'm just thinking of it as like a sort of like kicking it up to management yeah <laughs> no 100 percent. they were like we need him extradited <laughs> miss dayon won't leave and the british government were like well we like dayon oh cool you can't have him <laughs> so the French were like, fine, we're going to take away 2,000 livres of your pension. <gasps> I know. He will not be able to buy Madagascar. He will not be able to buy Madagascar. But instead, he published secret correspondence. <gasps> oh, no. That revealed French ministerial corruption. And it turned out that he had also been scouting the English coast in order to help France with a potential invasion. <gasps> Pippa Crura, eat your heart out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he also blackmailed, I think at this point it may have been Louis Sixteenth actually, uh, by threatening to disclose secret information about these plans. Damn. So at this point, we are actually on Louis Sixteenth. Okay. The king is dead. Long live the next king for a short amount of time because he's going to get executed. Yeah. Um, and he... We've got that wonderful revolution coming. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I, I don't... I really don't want you to talk about our secret invasion plans for Britain, which we're never going to do anyway. No. <laughs> it's a really dumb idea. Yeah. It I has mean... not worked for a very long time. <laughs> they haven't managed to invade us since 1215 and most people yeah. don't remember that invasion anyways. Yeah. So... Uh, Louis Sixteenth was like, hey, hey, Dion, um, how about a pension? Well, they do love pensions. They do love pensions. But they said that Dion had to dress as a woman in order to have this pension. What a stipulation. Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> that is very weird. Now, 
the thing is that apparently Dayon had got a lot of rumours going around. Right. People thought Dayon might be a woman. Oh, okay. Like, there were bets made about it. Oh, wow. Genuinely, like, the bookies in London in 1777 were making full-on bets as to whether Dayon was secretly a woman in disguise. Right. And apparently, Dayon had totally encouraged all of these rumours. Oh, okay. But, you know, when asked about this, says th- said things like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly tell you. Oh, Apparently, during the diplomatic mission to Russia, they had attended cross-dressing balls. (laughs) 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 Um, And Dan had also bought corsets while living as a man in London. Right. So there were a few things that were kind of going, maybe Dayon is a woman. Yeah, that and his enormous breasts. Well... (laughs) Yeah, like okay, we'll talk about we'll talk about Dayon later. We'll talk about Dayon's of, enormous breasts in terms yeah. of his physicality or her or their physicality, rather. right? Um, but yeah, they claimed that they were a woman oh, or that okay. they were assigned female at birth, right? But that they had been raised as a boy because their father needed an heir. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, that is believable, certainly. It's 100% believable. And people really like bought into it and thought it was absolutely correct yeah. because they knew all of those stories about girls dressing in boys' clothing in order yeah. to go to war, which we know happened. They've like, seen Mulan. <laughs> They've heard the old Make a Man Out of You song. Basically. Literally, that's it. <laughs> They've just all been watching Disney. Yeah. I mean, we've covered female um, cross-dressers in the 1700s when we did pirates. gay pirates. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So the Chevalier doesn't seem to have put up any resistance to this idea as far as I can tell. Yeah. And from that moment forward in 1777, presented as female. Oh, right. Okay. And cool. everyone went, okay. So as she, the Chevalier got to keep her title... Right. Um, sometimes called the Chevalier, like with an extra E on the end. Right. Um, and lots of paintings were done of Dayon. And lots of prints show her fencing as well, which we'll talk about later on. But I'll show you a picture of... Well, we know Dayon about historical ladies' fencing. <laughs> True. <laughs> so this is the Chevalier Dayon. Okay. Okay, yeah. I can. I can see sort of... Like an an older androgynous look. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense because they were 49 at the time. Well, there we go then. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of the way the Chevalier looks, it's, it's very hard to say. Mm. Um, So you could totally buy into the fact that this would be like, this person is a woman or you could go, this person is a man who looks slightly feminine. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the question kind of remains like whether... Dayon wanted to dress as a woman and wanted to present as female and right. felt female. Yeah. And partly because it was noted that Dayon considered to act in an extremely manly fashion despite right. their clothing. She slapped her thighs greatly and sang bawdy <laughs> songs drinking great pints of beer. Well, there was a lady called Madame Campin. Mm -hmm. who wrote in her memoirs, the eccentric being 
had long solicited permission to return to France, but it was necessary to find a way of sparing the family he had offended the insult they would see in his return. Right. He was therefore made to resume the costume of that sex to which in France everything is pardoned. Right. <laughs> okay. So women can get away with stuff, apparently. Right. So Dayon is dressing as a woman. That's her, that's her understanding. Okay. I feel like that would raise some questions where it's like, so this is the Chevalier Dion. Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't that the guy who insulted us? It's like, no, this is a woman. Like, but he's the Chevalier Dion. It's like, no, 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 this is his sister. <laughs> like, yeah. were, was he meant? Were they meant to be a different person, or were they just, you oh, no, know, no, 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 no. a woman? <laughs> Dion's supposed to be the same person, right? And um, this wasn't some sort of elaborate cover-up where it's like uh, uh, his long-lost sister. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Madame Campan says, the desire to see his native land once more determined him to submit to the condition of dressing as a woman, but he revenged himself by combining the long train of his gown and the three deep ruffles on his sleeves with the attitude and conversation of a grenadier, which made him <laughs> very disagreeable company. <laughs> All right, come over here. We're going to do some sewing together. <laughs> Get your ass on those chairs. Well, so this is the thing. Dayon was allowed to wear the insignia of the Order of Saint-Louis. Yeah. Um, they had to wear women's clothing according to the agreement that yeah. allowed them to basically get their pension back and come back to France Yeah. Um, after being away for a long time. Uh, and one of part of the king's offer in order to get them to agree to this was they gave they gave um, Dayon a whole new wardrobe of women's clothes. And Dayon ah. was like, sure. So long as they don't have to pay for it. Uh, but at the same time, Dayon seems to have still acted in the way that was expected of like somebody who had fought in the Seven Years' War yeah. and had been a, a spy. Yeah. Um, so when France started helping the rebels in the American War of Independence, mm-hmm. Dayon asked if she could join. Um, and they said, no, because you've been banished. Oh, right. <laughs> I love that the idea is not, no, you're a woman. Yeah. It's, no, you're a disgrace. Right, like, yeah. As in, you're politically disgraced. <laughs> Can I help in the revolution? No, you're disgraced. Oh, well, I might just have to pop back over to Britain with all <laughs> these piles of papers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, lots of lots of things happened in Dayon's lifetime. This is the thing. And it is quite hard to tell exactly what is true yeah. and what is false. Because in 1779, Dayon published their book of memoirs, which is called La Vie Militaire, Politique et Privée de Mademoiselle Dayon. Ah, okay. In other words, uh, the military, political and private life of Miss Dayon. Right, yeah. So these are probably embellished and this includes like the story of dressing yeah. as a woman in order to get into russia and all that kind of thing yeah that makes sense um and i think dayon seems to have really liked england apparently the english were very nice to them because they returned again back in in 1785 so they actually ended their life in england oh wow um now the french revolution comes around mm-hmm. so all of the various pensions that i completely lost track of ended at that point but their dream to buy madagascar i know and unfortunately dayon had to sell their personal possessions oh no including their books their jewelry and their plate as in all of the plates that they had that right was, yeah that yeah, was called yeah. plate 
And um, one of the interesting things that Daeon did in order to raise money was that they participated in fencing tournaments. Oh, okay. So they were known for being good at fencing. Here, for example, is a fencing match between them and the Chevalier de Saint-Georges, who is also, incidentally, a very interesting person I might talk about at some point. Okay. So I'm taking it the Chevalier Deon is the one on the right. Yes. Right, okay. <laughs> the Chevalier Deon always fenced in a black dress and a kind of mop cap. That is pretty cool. Which is very cool and probably also increased like, popularity of coming to see these yeah. fencing matches and pay to see the fencing yeah. matches, which, you know, probably kind of a useful a useful thing to yeah. do. Yeah, after losing all those pensions. I know. The tragedy. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Dayon has a little bit of a sad ending to their life, basically, because they lived for a really long time. Yeah. And unfortunately, they got wounded quite seriously in a fencing match in Southampton oh, in damn. 1796. Yeah. Um, which meant that they couldn't keep doing fencing match yeah. matches anymore. So they spent their last years living with a widow friend of theirs called Mrs. Cole. Right. Um, and unfortunately... Uh, died in poverty oh, um, at so the sad. age of 81 but seems to have had a really really interesting kind of dashing life to be honest i mean yeah it is very cool life to look back on mm. but yeah that is a bit of a sad end i'm afraid so oh, well. but a thing to to remark about is that the surgeon obviously wanted to examine Dayon's body after they died because there was this question is this a woman yeah no oh Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought there was going to be like a vague answer, like, and the surgeon never told. No, uh, they attested. <laughs> the surgeon is like, full on peen. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Do you want to hear the, the exact details? Because. Okay. They they said in the post-mortem certificate, the Chevalier had male organs in every respect perfectly formed. Ah. Which I think sounds, <laughs> sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> that Chevalier Dion has a cracking set. <laughs> mm. But they did say that um, at the same time, Dion displayed some feminine characteristics. They said they had unusual roundness in the formation of limbs. Okay. As well as a breast remarkably full. Oh, okay. So, I Maybe, don't know. Yeah. I think I think it just seems that the Chevalier... I mean, they might just have had a breast remarkably full because they were wearing a corset for like 40 years, which yeah. would presumably shape you a little bit. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I'm not sure how accurate, but you know, it mm. sounds right. I and, mean, just in terms of... And that'll of, do. <laughs> I just mean in terms of... We know that um, the corsetry of the time could change oh, your yes, long yeah. shape. Yeah. So it might make somebody look more hourglassy. Yeah, that, that does make sense. And I guess ultimately it doesn't really matter. Like, obviously, it's a there's it, the curiosity element of it, mm. of like, what was Dayon born as? But I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter considering their life, where it's like pretty almost half and half. Yeah, which so, is, I think it's just super interesting that there yeah. was a person who was so well known at the time. Mm. Like, there are loads and loads of pictures of them. There are loads of. Uh, portraits of them and examples of them fencing there are a lot of satirical paintings as well where right. they're depicted as like half a man and half a woman right but there are a reasonable number where they're just a respectable elderly lady nice 
And some of these, by the way, the one I showed you is actually in the National Portrait Gallery. Oh, they've really? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a whole, um, they've got a whole little biography um, next to the portrait, and you can go find it online. So I'll probably put a link up on our Twitter mm. later on. Uh, there have been exhibits about them at the British Museum as well, and again, loads of pictures. Um, of them both presenting as male and female. So here's what Chevalier de Dion was supposed to look like when they were dressing male. Okay, yeah. Still got that sort of like... It's a very round face. Yes, I was going to say boyish. Yes, but again, it's kind of difficult because I think that was more of the fashion, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen portraits like that before. Mm. I wouldn't look at that person and go, that's a woman in disguise. No. But... Yeah. But I, if yeah, that's the thing. I look at that portrait, I wouldn't go that's a woman in disguise, but also if you told me that was a woman in disguise, I'd probably go, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah. And I guess this is why you get a lot of people from the past where we just don't know if they yeah. are trans or not. And so many people, you know, manage to make it through a whole lifetime without being recognized as yeah. dressing as the opposite gender. But I felt that the Chevalier Deon is a nice one to start off, like kick off LGBTQ month, Mm -hmm. just because people knew them as a man and then knew them as a woman and didn't really have any problem with that. Everyone was just chill. (laughs) Like, it was a fascination. People were probably a little bit rude about it. Yeah. But at the same time, they went, okay, you are literally officially recognized by the French government as being a woman, and that is part of the conditions. You're not allowed to wear men's clothing anymore because right. women weren't allowed to wear men's clothing. Yeah. It's it's just, it's kind of bizarre. I mean, it is. Especially because the French government were like, you must dress as a woman. Yeah, that stipulation gets me. It gets it's me too. Like... I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. And, and it is the problem where it's like, I don't know whether Dayon might just have been the kind of person who was just like... Fine, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe it's like there's more to it, but it was from discussions rather than stuff written down that, you know, we can point out as evidence. Yeah. Um, because it does seem like such a weird stipulation to have. Yes. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I just imagine it's just like something like, I don't know, you you go to prison and they're like, okay, we're going to release you two years early, mm-hmm. but you must now speak with an Irish accent. We've heard you might be Irish. You've got to <laughs> you've got to promise us that you are. <laughs> yeah. And then speak with an Irish accent and we'll consider you Irish and then you can go free. It's like, what just what what is what is this parole board? <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> This is I I had some trouble getting into to like creating this this pod this time round. Right. I think because Let's call that time when. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think just because I just wasn't sure exactly. I think that's fine. How to how to classify Dion, and I guess that's kind of the point. Sometimes is that yeah. people defy classification, especially in the past. Yeah, absolutely. You can't diagnose people in the past. You can't really make firm statements about their gender identity. Mm. But you know what? Makes them cool. It does. Thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4, and you can email suggestions for episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. And additionally, if you are on Spotify, could you give us a five-star rating? It would help massively to push us up in the ratings and get us out to some other people who might like to listen to strange stories about interesting people. 
Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronous, as well as any other music that Barnaby's used in the pod. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and buy Madagascar. Bye! Bye.